And welcome into another great edition of Strong Style. And I chuckle a little bit because I actually got seven minutes into recording this yesterday before uh, just lost the ability to be able to do so. That's okay. Of course, for all you new listeners, welcome in to the latest episode of Strong Style, the Impact Media Weekly MMA and pro wrestling show. I am Jeremy the Impact York. Welcome in. I do my best not to do the show on Wednesdays. I want it done before now, but hey, sometimes life calls and you got an answer. So it is what it is. But I'm still super excited. It's how I opened up yesterday's show saying I was super excited. Part of why I was super excited was, some of you know, uh, that listen to the other shows or may know me, but uh, for those who don't, uh, one of the things, other things I do media-wise is I cover Georgia State football, and uh, I was super excited because this week, for the first time in two years, protocols, man, they got us, the first time in two years. I got to see my good buddy, E. Marcel Pertut of the Sports Inquirer. Uh, if you want to listen to some other great podcasts, by far listen to everything E. Marcel Pertut does. He covers uh, a lot of Georgia State and Georgia Tech sports. He also covers Atlanta United. Uh, he does a great job with NFL stuff. Uh, go check that out for sure. But he is also the person that we quote-unquote, book the territory together uh, every time we see each other. And we book the territory because uh, he usually catches up with a lot of New Japan, which is one of the few things I'm not able to. I'm going to do something very soon to change that. But uh, until then, you know, it, it, we'll, we'll add them probably starting first of the year. We're going to add New Japan to... Uh, the lineup here, which should be fun. They'll basically be taking the Ring of Honor spot. With that being said, uh, it was fantastic to catch up with uh, Marcel. Like I said, we booked the territory. We talk about wrestling all over the place. We talk about MMA all over the place. Um, this bugs me now that I just remembered this. But one of the uh, amazing young women who uh, worked for Georgia State, uh, I think she's a student because she's working on her degree. But based on that, she got to take a little bit of a trip. And it's something I was bringing up to him. And uh, she was able to come and talk even more about it. But she got to go to Las Vegas. She got to check out, I think it was T-Mobile Arena where the Golden Knights play. But she was able to get a building. Like, uh, like her degree is about running facilities. And she got to take a uh, guided tour of the UFC Apex. And, uh, yeah, me and Marcel are very jealous of that. And uh, shout out to her. She does an amazing job at Georgia State. And uh, when she does move on to pursue other endeavors, gosh, they're going to miss her. She does a lot of great stuff. But uh, good for her. I, I will figure out her name and, and uh, bring her up next time. But uh, just all-around great weekend. All-around great weekend. That included things like Triad Combat. It included uh, a lot of great wrestling action. And um, 
we're going to actually talk about all that now. Let's start, as we always do, with the WWE. And, of course, that means we'll start with Monday Night Raw. Now, the thing they did with Vince and the Golden Egg uh, and the Red Notice, look up the the Red Notice there, you'll figure it out, and the tie-in to that, I believe it's a movie or a TV show or something coming up soon. It's a good tie-in. Usually they say, um, this is sponsored by blah, 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 this movie or blah, 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 this TV show. And it usually doesn't mean jack squat as to what they're doing. But they tied in this thing with the golden egg. Vince and a uh, expensive-looking trinket just fits. It just fits. I don't know the exact way in real life, but the Vince McMahon he portrays on screen would very much love little expensive trinkets. So um, the weird thing was to me, even though I like where it went, the whole thing came down to Austin Theory was the one who took it, and uh, he got a chance to take on Big E for the championship. Now, before we get into that, first of all, Big E needed a challenger. So that makes sense. Uh, second of all, Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens were out at ringside and played a part towards the end. That makes sense, too. That's pretty much setting up Big E, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens. If that's a triple threat, that is uh, take my money now. That's that's the take my money now approval from me. We'll get into that later down the road. The thing I want to talk about is Austin Theory. Let's go back to the uh, COVID virus shutdown. We all know that all the sports cease to, to uh, do much in March, not this year, of last year. And the first things back were the WWE and UFC. Well, one thing WWE did, even though they had nobody in the stands, they had the empty arenas down at the Trop or where, you know, various places they had it. They needed personnel because some personnel, including Roman Reigns, who has had compromised health problems before, said... Well, if it's optional, I'm going to stay here for a little bit. And so he basically took a sabbatical. A couple other people took sabbaticals. Well, that left WWE in a little bit of a pinch. You don't necessarily need somebody in that space of, you know, you don't need another Roman Reigns. But they looked around at NXT and other places and said, well, we need to call some of these people up. Let's go some different directions with some stories. And one thing that happened was Austin Theory got called up. Austin Theory, a product of the Atlanta area, not far from where we're at now. He came through and cut his teeth not far from here. So, that's point one that, hey, they like this Austin Theory guy. And at one time, they had paired him with um, Angel Garza. And, gosh, they had a whole faction there. I can't remember the rest of the faction. But they really like this kid. I would say the new Austin Theory is Braun Breaker. And that's a whole different thing. But they really like him. They immediately put him in some good spots. And he is shining. Well, they like Austin so much, he gets a shot at, at Big E. And he he really doesn't waste it. A lot of people can say, well, he has no business in the match. And other people may say, uh, well, he wasn't going to win. Of course not. But usually the first time you get a sniff at a big-time opportunity, 
you don't usually get it. And here, this is their way of saying, we appreciate your hard work, and we want to see where you're at. Big E is a weird matchup for people. Big E can adjust to other people. Other people can't always adjust to Big E. It's, it's, uh, he's just between his size and his power and his athleticism and his personality, sometimes it's hard to mesh and make it work. Well, when they pair Austin Theory up with him, I felt like he, he did more than enough to show us down the road, Austin Theory is going to be a big-time player as he continues to uh, evolve. I mean, right now, they've got him in this whole uh, selfie thing. He, he basically has the uh, Tyler Breeze without being completely full into himself model thing, but a uh, whole look at me, that kind of thing. But uh, he's doing it a different way. McMahon seems to like it. That's always a good thing. You know, good for Austin Theory. Good for Austin Theory in that. Um, other things on Raw that were appealing enough. I'm kind of interested to see the Bianca Belair dewdrop feud. And it's because Bianca, we, we've seen her athleticism. We've seen... We've seen, I mean, they're good. at some point she's going to pick Dewdrop up, and that's that's going to show her, her strength and things like that. Um, it's, it's interesting to me because I felt like when they split Dewdrop from Eva Marie that they were going to push her a little bit. They started to. And then they just kind of dropped the ball and didn't do anything. So Dewdrop is a fantastic performer and worker, and it's not like, oh, for her size. No, 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 she's great. If she was half her size or twice the size she is, I think she'd be the same performer. So it, it's interesting to see because, I mean, more than likely Bianca's going to come out on top of this, but does that mean Dewdrop is going to become the new gatekeeper, like you go through her to get to other people? So we'll just have to kind of see where that goes from there. Uh, speaking of Seth Rollins that I mentioned before, him and Finn Balor kind of got into it. It was supposed to be a match. And then uh, Seth just completely annihilated Finn Balor. And as he was doing his normal smirk towards the crowd, he got about halfway up the entranceway when a random fan jumped out and tried to get, tried to spear him, basically. And he just... He caught him and put him in an MMA hold, and the referee and, and security and all come and got this kid. He was a 28-year-old kid. And uh, that, first of all, people, unacceptable. Unacceptable. I'm not here to tell you how to live your life, but I'm here to tell you that barrier is there for your protection. Not necessarily theirs. Because wrestlers can usually handle themselves. But... This kid probably is going to spend a little bit of time in jail. He's probably out by now. But um, what apparently had happened, or what the story is, is that he was messaging who he thought was Seth Rollins online, and there was an altercation. And so he decided to jump the rail and come at Seth Rollins for what he said online. Turns out he got catfished. 
here's a term for people who may not know it. Catfished means you got duped by somebody online who was pretending to be somebody they're not. So, here, here's, here's a rule of thumb. Most of the time, especially if it's a pro athlete or a celebrity of any kind, if you think you are talking to them online, you are more than likely not. It is somebody posing as them, and even their verified account you need to check because sometimes they have people that they that are part of their, not entourage, but uh, people that handle their, their, you know, social media directors. They will respond sometimes, you know, if somebody's like, oh, Seth, you're the best ever. Uh, I really want you to be champ again. Well, that's, that's great. I agree, for one. He's, he's one of the best and, and would love him to be champ. But if you send him that message, uh, there's a chance that it's him responding, and there's a chance that it could be a social media director who's just going to go, hey, I appreciate, I appreciate all the love. You know, I'm not saying celebrities don't answer their own social medias, but you got to think some of these people get thousands of messages. And if you especially want to talk in crap, if you think it's somebody like a wrestler who's saying all these bad things, it's probably not. And so this guy's going to have a criminal record more than likely because he got duped. And I'm not saying he's dumb because people, people, it's easy to fall for this kind of stuff, guys, you know. Back in the day, I, I could have thought I was talking to somebody I wasn't. So I just didn't have the idea to jump the barrier and go after them at a live wrestling show. And part of this was called on Monday Night Raw. Uh, it's dangerous for a lot of reasons. He could have hurt all kinds of people, uh, especially over misunderstanding. I mean, I'm glad there wasn't a weapon involved or he didn't, you know, catch somebody the wrong way or something or, or heck, Seth didn't hurt him because he could have. He just controlled him until security got there. And, uh, but, you know, word for the wise. Don't jump the guardrail. It's not worth it. It's absolutely not worth it. Um, what else was there from Raw? Oh, we have new women's tag team champions. As Queen Zelina Vega and Carmella were able to defeat Nikki Ash and Rhea Ripley. Thank goodness, maybe it'll split that team. I do not like the team at all. Like both women, do not like them together. It's because it, they just play up Rhea as the winner, and Nikki Ash completely uh, gets railed on by everybody else, which is basically what Natalia and Tamina is. Tamina is the, uh, the Stone Cold Killer. And Natalia gets pinned by everybody. But congratulations to, to uh, Zelina Vega, Queen Zelina Vega, and Carmella. It'll be interesting to see what they do with them. I think they're a formidable team, and they actually kind of play off each other. So we'll see how that develops. But uh, congratulations to them. Um. Reggie defended his 24-7 championship against Cedric Alexander. Cedric won the match. And then you guys know as soon as that match ends, then it becomes free game again for the 24-7. Well, Dana Brooke ended up uh, winning the belt, and it ended with, with her standing on the second rope with the belt and about 12 men trying to figure out what to do. I know this is becoming the growing trend, 
that uh, men versus women in matches. And WWE's done it before. Uh, China and Beth Phoenix and uh, some others have been in like Royal Rumbles and things like that. Let's let's not start this women versus men thing. It's just it's not going to go well. It doesn't come off well. But um, they have ways of of uh, tricking people out of the twenty four seven championship and things. I mean, at one point, a very pregnant Maria Canellis Bennett was the twenty four seven champ. So if you can get out of that, you guys can be creative and figure that out. But hey, good for Dana Brooke. I think that may be her first title. And if not, either way, good accomplishment. Think, yeah, that was that was all that was really going on. I mean, you had Lashley run over both Mysterios as he should. Ray and Dominic haven't started to split yet, but it, it it's almost to a point where it just needs to happen. It's they're dragging it on, dragging it on. We all see it a mile away. Uh, SmackDown, SmackDown. You have Roman and Heyman who come out as they should. Uh, like I said, there, there's gosh, Roman Reigns has got to be one of the top two heels in wrestling right now. I don't have time to make a list, but it's just he's one of the top. Just he is completely A plus on his game. It's he's almost getting to a point where he doesn't need the title to be the top heel. And uh I think that's gonna matter soon. I don't know that it's gonna be Brock, but somebody is gonna eventually knock him off and it's it's gonna make them a star. So uh, you know, like if a big E won. When Big E won the way he won, it made him a star. He was already almost there. That's the boost he needed. So whoever knocks Roman off is going to be in the same boat. Uh, Charlotte and Tony Storm had a little altercation where Tony Storm ended up with a lot of pie and things thrown in her face. I get that it's telling this story, but to me it's just, it's called Charlotte privilege. Charlotte calls a lot of the shots. She's not going to be embarrassed embarrassed very often she is um i don't know it's 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 uh just sometimes it feels like the ego takes over and at some point i mean i, I would love tony Storm to be the one to beat her but she's not established enough we know that yet uh she is if you look at her career but most wwe fans haven't seen her perform very much so uh but maybe Tony Storm can get the best of Charlotte at some point. It'd be nice. Uh, and then, then the last thing that really made sense off of SmackDown, they had a number one contender, Battle Royal. As Battle Royals always go. You know, they, they tend to have hidden people and things like that. Well, it came down to that. We, uh, or we, most people initially thought that Jeff Hardy was the winner. Which didn't make any sense because it just didn't make any sense. And then uh, before they could crown him the winner... Uh, Sami Zayn comes in and dumps him over the rope. It actually got applause because the crowd 
kind of 50-50 like Sami Zayn. I like what he's doing right now. It's it's uh he's it's 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 really quite entertaining. So now he's the number one contender. He will get a shot at Roman Reigns' belt in the same way that Theory uh, steals a, a jeweled egg, a golden egg, and was able to get a title shot out of it with Big E. Hey, Sami Zayn wins a battle royal, puts in a lot of work, finds a way to win. And now he gets a title shot. So good for him. Now, NXT, I'm just going to go over a couple things because they have war games coming up this uh, weekend. Um, I'll just go ahead and go into it. Look, war games, after some, well, before I get into war games, oh, better yet. Let's just, where are we here? Let's go over the war games. The way war games works is you have four or five people from one side, four or five people from another. Usually it's a four on four. It works the best. Uh, usually you have warring people, people at each other, because uh, it's it's a weird eclectic mix, but it makes sense. It's kind of like the new blood versus the old school in this one. And what it comes, what it does is usually they, I think this week they're doing advantage matches and things like that to see who may get the option to go first or last or anything like that. What you do is each team selects one member and they start. And this is in a double ring, two rings put side by side, with a uh, steel cage over the top, including a, uh, a roof to it. So you're, you're enclosed in this. And what you do is a person from each one starts in the match. And then based on the coin toss or the ladder match or whatever random way you decided to see who won, who won the advantage, um, after five minutes or so, ten minutes, I think it's usually five, they send somebody in. So it's a two-on-one until the next timer goes off, where it's evened up at 2-2. Two, two. Then it's 3-2, three, 3-3, two, three, three, four, three, four, four. And when everybody's in there, when everybody's in the ring, War Games officially starts. Now, they've been fighting the whole time. Usually, everybody is a bloody mess. The way, I, I honestly, the, the match is exciting, but the thing I don't like about it is about half of, of everybody, half the people involved, because they do a male and female, uh, usually are out for about a month afterwards, because they go so hard, and this is such a brutal match, that, like, half of everybody's out, and that's kind of what broke up the... Uh, you know, the Cole O'Reilly Fish Roderick Strong faction a couple years ago, what last year this time, is they were so dinged up. Bobby Fish missed like a month and a half. Kyle O'Reilly couldn't be cleared for three weeks. Um just a bunch of it, it just everybody gets so dinged up and hurt. And I don't think it's worth the entertainment for that. But they didn't ask my opinion. Anyway, uh, once all eight people are in the ring, like I said, War Games begins. And then 
and then it becomes pinfall or submission. Whoever gets the first pinfall or submission, you win. Sometimes there's stipulations involved. This particular one, there's not. But let's go over the card. Because there are... There is a... I mean, if you watch NXT Weekly, like we do, obviously. But if you watch regularly... Uh, by the way, this is going to be December 5th, which is Sunday from the Capitol Wrestling Center, which is the NXT Center, at 8 p.m. Um, there are some really, really good matchups involved in this. If you watch regularly, then I guarantee that at least, you know, at least a third of the card will include your favorites. Absolutely will. Uh, it's going to kick off with the NXT Cruiserweight Championship, which they kind of pushed this all to get all the matchups. Didn't really build very well. It's just kind of a two-week, ta-da, here it is. Uh, but it's going to be Roderick Strong, the Cruiserweight Champ, versus Joe Gacy. This is the weird thing. Strong has been doing okay as the champ. He hasn't really been establishing dominance, but Joe Gacy has kind of came out of nowhere. And if his... Uh, his uh, follically challenge friend shows up, this could be interesting because he could actually take out part of the diamond mine, allowing Gacy to win it. But Gacy as the cruiserweight champ just doesn't kind of meld with what he's building. So I think Roderick Strong is going to win some sort of underhanded way, which is weird because Roderick Strong is a heel and so is Joe Gacy. So we've got heel versus heel, but they kind of threw it together because who else was going to face it? But uh, my actual pick, I would love Joe Gacy to win. My actual pick, Roderick Strong retains. We've got a hair versus hair match where Cameron Grimes and Duke Hudson are going to go at it. Duke Hudson's already cut part of Cam and, uh, Cam's hair. Um, I don't, the thing, could Cam deal with a, a haircut? Sure. And it would change his appearance or change his look. Um, I don't know for the better or for the worse. Usually when people end up cutting their hair, it doesn't go well. Um, Duke Hudson, who is start trying to establish himself, I don't, I don't, that's the problem is I don't know where the loser of this goes. They either have really shorter hair or Duke's already got short hair. So if, he, if he's going to shave it, then I, it's just a different look. And I think it just means eventually he's, he's going to be out of the company because he's not going to have any appeal anymore. I do pick Cameron Grimes because he has a way of, of uh, finding a way to win these matches. And I believe in Cam. He's a hellacious performer. He's very underrated. He always has a weird gimmick or a weird look, but he just goes out and performs. So I'm going to pick Cam. We are going to get a tag team championship match where Imperium, who is Marcel Bartel, and Fabian Eichner, one of the more established well put together teams. They are really good. They've been together a while. They're going to defend against Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner. A misfit team that they put together. We don't know something me and Marcel talked about. Not Marcel Bartel, but E. Marcel Pertut. Something we talked about is that Kyle O'Reilly's contract should be coming up soon. Does he leave and join Bobby Fish and Adam Cole? 
over in AEW. Well, a lot of people are thinking Red Dragon could get back together, Red Dragon being Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. It would make a lot of sense, and they would kick the holy crap out of a lot of people over there. And Cole could split from the Young Bucks and Omega and uh, put the team back together. And that could be something. That could definitely be something. Because that being said, Von Wagner, they clearly like him. They don't know what to do with him. That's why some weeks he's he's uh, just standing in Adam Pierce's office, and some weeks he's teaming with Kyle O'Reilly. They are not doing a whole lot with it. So give me Imperium with their first title defense. They're they're probably going to win this. And then let's go to the men's war games match. We're going to have. Okay, here is, uh, it, it's basically new school, old school. That's that's what they're calling it. That's what pretty much what I'm calling it. Team new school is Braun Breaker, who we just talked about. Carmelo Hayes, who is the North American champion after his contract cash-in. Tony D'Angelo, a lot, uh, another newcomer who is, uh, not quite established, but he's 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 one thing he has established. He's a pretty solid wrestler, and uh, Grayson Waller, who is a, a good up and coming guy as well. Now Trick Williams is going to be down there, but it's also war game. So unless he finds a way, unless he finds a way to get into the cage, then he's probably a non-factor. Now, Team Old School is NXT champion Tommaso Ciampa. It's Johnny Wrestling, otherwise known as Johnny Gargano, who is another one. We're not sure about his contract, how long he holds on before he moves on, because, I mean, he's doing a great thing in NXT, but how long, I think his contract runs out, January or February, and I think Candice LeRae, who is pregnant, hers automatically renewed for six six or eight months because of the pregnancy. So hers will actually run through like June, I think. But at some point, do they look around and see, you know, do we want to stay here? Do we want to move on? Not sure where they would exactly move on to because I think NXT is a great home for them, but not my choice. But we got Champa, we got Gargano, we've got Pete Dunne, who is by far the scariest, most physical dude, and I'm a big fan of Pete Dunne. And then you got L.A. Knight, who is an indie darling for sure, just like just like the other three, really. Indie darling. And, I mean, I've seen him in Impact Wrestling. He actually had a lawsuit against Impact Wrestling that was part of the storyline, but it was also true. And then uh, he was able to find a home in NXT. He has been all around the block. Just, uh, he's a great performer. He's really good at running his mouth. He went by Eli Drake, if that means anything to you guys. So who do I think is going to win this? I think Team Old School. New School is going to have some some uh, good moments. I think Braun Breaker is going to have the best of those moments. Grayson Waller will probably jump off of something crazy. Um, Carmelo could as well. D'Angelo is is filler at this point, but 
there is no universe that it makes sense that a team of Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, Pete Dunne, and L.A. Knight lose a match to anybody. So I think Team Old School is going to win that. Um, I think at some point, maybe Ciampa gets the best of Braun Breaker, but I think the one that's going to tap out or get beat is either Waller or D'Angelo. That just makes the most sense. But, hey, if you're going to put two teams together that's going to make me want to watch something like that, yeah, I'll take that. All eight of those guys are must-watches. Let's go to the women's war games, which seems to be, they, they built this one a little better. They built it up over at least the last three or four weeks. You have you have where is the actual list? Not getting the actual list. All right, we'll try to put this together based off the thing I'm reading. Uh, you basically have Toxic Attraction, which is Mandy Rose, J.C. Jane, and G.G. Dolan, and you uh, put Dakota Kai with them. That is an amazing team, by the way. Amazing. So you've got the Women's Tag Team Champions from NXT. You've got the Women's World Champion, and you have... Dakota Kai, who is probably one of the best talents in the women's division. And they are going to be facing Team Gonzalez, or Team Raquel, otherwise known as Raquel Gonzalez, Cora Jade. It is going to be Io Shirai and uh, Kaylee Ray who come out there. Now, Kaylee Ray they haven't done much with since moving her over from England. But it seems like they're wanting to start to do that. So, they seem to think Team Raquel is going to win this, which would make a lot of sense because then it sets up uh, Raquel Gonzalez getting a rematch for the title versus Mandy Rose that she hasn't gotten yet. It sets up, uh, since Zoe Sark is still out with a torn meniscus and ACL, I believe, or MCL, uh, Io Shirai could and Kaylee Ray or Io Shirai and Cora Jade could, you know, because what make, here's what makes the most sense to me. Cora Jade and Io Shirai get a tag team title shot, and Kaylee Ray and Dakota Kai proceed to beat the crap out of each other for the next month in a bunch of grudge matches. That's what I think could happen. So I'm, I'm going to kind of agree with some of the experts. Some, most people are saying Team Raquel makes the most sense. I agree with that. I agree with that, but that's that's what's going on with uh, War Games. So that leaves us. That uh, that's pretty much WWE. So let's go to AEW Dynamite. We get CM Punk versus QT Marshall. But before we can get that, we get 15 minutes of CM Punk and MJF, where there are John Cena references. There are Miz references. There are a lot of references to WWE. Uh, 
that that were well timed and well placed, and some things MJF said were ninety five percent true. Things CM Punk said about MJF, yeah, they were probably ninety five percent true. These two, MJF showed he he is a a great he's great on the stick, he's great on the mic. We know Punk is. So we know we're going to get this somewhere down the road, but this was fantastic. And the fact that QT Marshall had to, had to wait kind of sucks, but CM Punk QT Marshall was actually a great match. People don't realize Marshall is a, about a 15-year veteran. He helps run the Nightmare Academy. He does a lot of producing backstage. He does a lot, and he cares, and he's really, really good. Uh, uh, CM Punk obviously wins this match, but CM Punk MJF is going to be great. Good for QT Marshall that he gets the opening match. Uh, The Gun Club, Billy and Colton Gun take on Bear Country, where Colton is able to get the victory in that one. They're kind of building up because, remember, it's going to probably be Sting and Darby Allin versus uh, Colton and Billy Gunn is what it's probably shaping up to be. We get a little bit of an exchange between Adam Cole and Bobby Fish, who are yelling at Orange Cassidy, Yuta, and uh, Chucky, which is going to set up a match that we'll talk about on Rampage here in a minute. Um, You get an exchange between Dante Martin and Team Taz, where Leo Rush is there. Team Taz is trying to get him to sign a contract. And Leo Rush is like, what are you doing? And... uh, Dante actually signs the contract and leaves with Team Taz. I don't... It's an interesting angle now because what happens when Dante's brother comes back? And then you get Leo Rush there. Is it... Uh, do they try to win him back? Do they? I mean, what are they... What are they going to... Where's the end game of this? I'm not sure. Uh, you get Jamie Hayter versus Thunder Rosa in the last quarterfinal. Had that wrong. I thought it was Anna Jay. But it was Jamie Hayter. Versus Thunder Rosa, this was fantastic. I'm a big fan of both of them. I didn't know who Jamie Hayter was till a month ago. She's great. She and Thunder Rosa is legendary. So uh, this was the last quarterfinal matchup in the TNT tournament, and Thunder Rosa gets the win because I would say between Rebel and Dr. Brett Becker, DMD. I, it just name slipped my mind. You see her. Uh, they kind of tried to interfere and tried to help, and they ended up costing Hater an opportunity, and Thunder Rosa ended up with the win there. Uh, it's kind of played out, even for the last week, about Hater not exactly being excited that they interfered and cost her a chance to advance. But good for Thunder Rosa. She is on to the semifinals, where I believe it is her versus Jade Cargill. And it is Ruby Soho versus Nyla Rose. So, four girls that can really get after it for the TNT championship, or the TBS championship, rather. Uh, Jericho had an altercation with 2.0 and Daniel Garcia. That'll kick in here in a minute. Uh, by far the match of the of the night was uh, Boom Boom versus American Dragon. For those of you who are lost by what I just said, that is 
Colt Boom Boom Cabana, Colt Cabana versus the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. I think they faced a couple times before. Danielson is is weeding his way through um, the Dark Order. He said, "Hey, we're in Chicago. I want to take on I want to take on Colt Cabana, who's from Chicago." We did. Great match. Great match. I'd say four stars easy. Uh, American Dragon, of course, wins because he's eventually going to take out the Dark Orders, or he's going to take on the Dark Orders' good buddy, the world champ, uh, Hangman out of page. But by far, by far, just amazing match between these two. And then you got the cluster, insert your favorite word after that, cluster, that was uh, Malachi Black, FTR, and Andrade versus Death Triangle and Cody. These are four amazing top talents. And this, they they tried in this match, but they I think the, the crowd was just cheered out because of the match before this. And the crowd likes Andrade. They like Malachi Black. They don't like Cody. Cody did his normal thing. He starts the match. He takes off his weight belt. That's I don't know if it's signed, but it says Cody. It's American Nightmare or something. And he swings it around and slings it into the crowd. And within about eight seconds, it's back in the ring. They have thrown it back. Now, granted, they're in Chicago. The fan base who is known for throwing baseballs back to the first who started it when the opposing team hits a, hits a home run. So they throw the belt back in. And since it's becoming a distraction, Andrade, who is on the apron, proceeds to get in the ring, get yelled at by the ref, like, what are you doing in here? He grabs the weight belt. He hops to the outside to the floor, picks the apron up, throws it un- throws the belt under the ring. The crowd goes crazy. Maybe they're just tired of it. I don't know. But uh, beyond that, there was some good stuff ultimately led to and getting the pin over, I believe it was Pac, but Andrade... And Malachi are really, really cheered on by the fans. They really like these guys. So let's see what they do with that moving forward. Moving forward, that is, we go to Rampage, where Utah and Orange took on Adam Cole and Bobby Fish. Uh, Pretty decent tag match. You could tell the continuity between Fish and Cole. They've been wrestling together for uh, at least 10 years, if not longer, off and on. Uh, Utah's a good talent. Orange Cassidy, of course, he's a great talent. It ends up with Fish pinning Yuta in this. It was just a good match. They built it up in about, you know, 10 minutes from the Wednesday before. It worked out. Uh, Rio took on Brit, Dr. Britt Baker, and the reason why Rio got to do that was because they said she was never eliminated from the Women's Battle Royal back at the pay-per-view, that uh, she was dumped under the rope and never never 
got the chance. So she got a chance against Britt Baker, knowing that if she beat her, she was she qualifies for a, a world title match. And she was able to. Having Rebel and Jamie, Jamie Hayter down there, uh, it all kind of blew up in them trying to help and interfere. And it cost Britt Baker a win. And Rio now qualifies for a world championship match. So congratulations to Rio. Um, let's see. And then, uh, Daniel Garcia took on Eddie Kingston. They, him, Danny Garcia and 2.0 have been picking at people for a while. They've been picking at Kingston and, uh, Kingston's just had enough of it. And in the end, Kingston ends up, uh, ends up with the win here. And then he started to get attacked and Jericho, who was doing commentary, just had enough. So he comes down there. At some point, this could set up 2.0 and Garcia against Jericho or 2.0 and Garcia against uh, Jericho and and Kingston. It's going to set up some stuff there. Um, Daniel Garcia is a pretty good talent. 2.0 is a decent tag team. And good for them. They're on TV every week. But Eddie Kingston is not somebody I would want to tick off because there is some real animosity and real pain there. And he's kind of like Moxley. If you push him to the wrong breaking point, he'll break you. So, uh, but good for Eddie, man. I like that Eddie's being featured because before he was just Moxley's friend and he's way better than just Moxley's friend. So, uh, get better soon, Moxley. And until then, Kingston's going to hold down the, the fort. Impact Wrestling, that's all you need to know. They spent the entire two-hour show doing Wrestle House 2. Yeah, that's all you need to know. It was hogwash. Ring of Honor. Jay Lethal took on EC3. Really good match. This is probably Jay Lethal's last match in Ring of Honor that I know of. And uh, EC3 actually won. Good win for EC3 here. It's a pretty solid match. I said, I don't know if Lethal is booked for this coming up weekend or anything like that, but I know he's not at Final Battle on December 11th. So, um, good for EC3 moving forward. All the talent talks on the TV broadcast like, like this thing is going to go forever. The only problem is, as we all know, that uh, as of December 11th, it's going to be the last Ring of Honor show till April. So, uh, the women's champ Roxy defended against Gia Scott. They made up some random reason why Gia Scott got a title match and all this other stuff. I, I still don't know who Gia Scott is. I know who Roxy is because I watched her in the tournament. I watched her win the tournament, and I've watched her be the champ since. And then now a random person comes in and gets a title shot. I don't know if it's because maybe they got hurt and they weren't in the tournament and they're making up for it. I don't know. But Roxy retained. It was a decent match. And then we get Danhausen and PCO, two people I'm, I'm hearing a lot of rumors about where they could be headed next. They team up to take on the Briscoes. A lot of rumors there, too. Um, of course, the Briscoes win. 
has a lot to do with it. Sledge comes down and him and PCO end up in a battle on the outside. Now, first of all, as soon as Sledge touches PCO, that becomes a DQ, and technically PCO and Danhausen should have won the match. Danhausen, I'm in your corner as far as that. But uh, the Briscoes get the win. I'm curious to see where they go. They are a great established veteran tag team who are not against, who are not for WWE schedules. There's not really a room in AEW for them. I could see them in Japan. I could see them in, in various places like that. Or I could see them just hitting the indie scene. And, and, you know, there's a lot of really great things, places that aren't on TV that we don't see regularly that could be good homes for them. But uh, good for the Briscoes. I'm curious to see where PCO and Dan Housen go as well. Now, the only fighting over the weekend was this thing called Triller's Triad Combat. And let's all be honest. I'm going to raise my hand in this, too. When I saw, wait, it's going to be a triangle enclosure, whether it's a cage or a ring, it's going to be a triangle. I let myself be influenced by some other media people to say that this was not going to be a good thing. Because all you got to do is back somebody into a corner and they can't get out, and you just keep punching till you win. But it didn't play out that way. A lot of these went to decisions and split decisions. I'm just going to talk about the, the main ones. Uh, let's go and get this one out of the way. Kubrat Pulev, who is an accomplished boxer, beat Frank Mir by a TKO in the first round. If you, I, I don't encourage you to watch this because... Uh, Gosh, Frank didn't look good. Frank got rocked a few times very early by Kubrat. Kubrat is very good. Frank's a good puncher, too, but Kubrat is very good. He was able to rock Frank. He was completely out on his feet. He, it was, uh, you remember the last time you've had a, maybe a few too many adult sodas, daddy sodas, too many, and you've tried to navigate a, uh, any sort of hallway and you just keep hitting things and backing into things. And I equate it to the, to the one time I was put out for a medical procedure. And uh, once I awoke, I felt pretty good. But trying to get down an L-shaped hallway and into out the back door, into the waiting car to go home uh, was, oof, it was, it was trying to navigate, you know, it was uh, trying to wrestle an alligator while standing on a bowling ball. It was, it was something, but uh, Frank's good. Frank's uh, Frank's checked out now. I don't think he's having any lingering issues or things like that. So good for that. But uh, overall, like I said, people thought this was going to be a cluster. Thought it was going to be an absolute mess. I think it actually come off okay. I hope they don't make a habit of doing this, but I don't mind the triangle setup. It wasn't as bad as is previously thought. I've seen some really, really bad ideas. I mean, heck. Most things Vince Russo come up with for WCW and WWE during the Attitude Era were god-awful. But this wasn't wasn't that bad. This wasn't that bad. I said, good, good for Kubrat. Uh, you had the unanimous decision winner of Alex Alexander Flores over Matt Mitrione. Mitrion didn't look bad. He went the distance and then 
uh, you know, lost unanimous decision. The distance. Ab Mitrione, who lost his last Bellator matchup, uh, people thought maybe he was done. No, I, I think Mitrione can still fight. I have no problem with that. And uh, he got, you know, he lost a unanimous decision. He still looked pretty good. And nobody really got back into a corner and got into a bad spot. If anything, the corner is what saved Frank Mir. Uh, and then the other one in a split decision that completely surprised even the winner. Platinum Mike Perry gets the win over Michael Seals. I think he earned it. I think he earned that victory. I think he did a really good job. Good for Platinum Mike. He shows everybody that he's more than just a fighter. And uh, just fantastic things there. Now, the UFC's got a pay-per-view coming up this weekend. Fight night, Rob Font versus uh, Josie Aldo. Let me go over some of the big fights and my picks in that one. Of course, the main event in the Bantamweight division, Rob Font versus Josie Aldo. Font is the slight favorite. Uh, Rob Font's really been doing some good stuff here lately. But you get Josie Aldo, who has thought who has fought 37 times, and he only has seven losses. 19-4 and four versus 30-7. and seven. I'll tell you right now. Give me Jose Aldo to take this. Absolutely give me Jose Aldo to take this. Um, I think Rob Font's a really good fighter, but I have faith in Aldo. Uh, Captain Caveman, as I call him, Clay Guida is a slight dog against Leonardo Santos. You got 18 5 and 1 for Santos versus 36 18 and 0 for Clay Guida. Look, Santos is a good solid fighter. He's going to come out in the lightweight division here. He's going to come out. This is all on ESPN, by the way. It's fantastic. We finally get one on ESPN. Also on ESPN Plus if you are at a, uh, maybe you're on your computer or you're, you're away at a family gathering and, and don't get a chance. But uh, should be good. I look forward to watching on ESPN. Give me Captain Caveman. Clay Guida can still go. He still had the speed. He still had a lot of things going last time. I very much think that uh, he has a chance to win this. So give me Clay Guida to win versus Leonardo Santos. Um, Jimmy Crute is is a slight favorite over uh, Gemma Hall Hill in the light heavyweight division. I'm going to take Jimmy Crute in that one. I think you should, too. Brendan Allen is taking on Chris Curtis in the middleweight division. Uh, Brendan Allen is is a big favorite. I'm going to go ahead and go underdog there. I, I like Brendan Allen, but I'm going to say Chris Curtis finds a way to get that one done. Jake Matthews, not the one with the Falcons, but the one who could fight. He is fighting Jeremiah Wells in the welterweight division. Jeremiah, is a, he's a dog, man. He's a dog. But I'm going to take Jake Matthews in that one. Cheyenne Vlismas is taking on Mallory Martin. Cheyenne is the slight favorite. I'm going to say... I'm going to say... Gosh, they're both really good fighters. I'm going to take Cheyenne. I'm going to take the favorite there. Cheyenne Vlismas to take to uh, defeat Mallory Martin 
That should be really good. That match should be higher on the card, but that should be really good. Um, Alex Morano is going to face Mickey Gall. Yep, wrestling fans, the guy who defeated CM Punk, Mickey Gall at 7-3-0 is going to face Alex Morano. Morano is the favorite. Give me Mickey Gall. Why not? Give me Mickey Gall in that one. Because think about this. Here are some wins. Here are the seven wins that, or basically here's here's Mickey Gall. Every, everybody's faced. He used a submission rear naked choke for Ron Templeton. He had a submission over Mike Jackson. He had a submission over CM Punk. He had a submission over Sage, Sage Northcutt, all big-time fighters. He lost a unanimous decision to Randy Brown. He got a submission win over Joey Sullivan. He got knocked out by Diego Sanchez, a nightmare. Uh, he got the unanimous decision win over Salim Tura. He lost a unanimous decision to Platinum Mike Perry. And then he got the submission win over Jordan Williams. So what I'm hearing there is he's going to submit this guy here. And it's it's uh, it's going to be a good matchup. It's going to be an absolute good matchup. Also, this weekend, there's some other matchups too. If you guys are, are so inclined or get a chance to check them out, definitely go do that. Also this weekend, it's Bellator 2. 72. Tour 272 is Sergio Pettis versus Kyoji Horaguchi. Now I'll tell you, I know who Sergio Pettis is. I've seen him fight. He's a good fighter. I want to say he's probably the favorite in this one. I didn't know who Kyoji or Gucci was. And in my research and in hearing Kayla Harrison on the uh, Weighing In podcast with Josh Thompson and John McCarthy, uh, I did not realize he was American Top Team. And the way she talked about him is he is one of the best fighters in that gym. And American Top Team is an all-star Squad, especially the one down in uh, the I think Tampa area is where they're at. That's Austin Vanderford. That's that's a lot of big time people down there that are undefeated. And so, Kyoji Horiguchi, who is twenty nine three and zero. Against 21 and 5, Sergio Pettis. And this is for the Bantamweight world title. Sergio Pettis comes in with the with the title. I think Kyoji is going to win. I very much think Kyoji is going to win this one. I'm going to go with Kyoji. Uh, I just changed my pick on the Bellator website if you guys uh, are so inclined for that. I'm going to say it's a knockout in the third round. It's going to go five rounds, or it's not going to go five rounds. It's going to go only three, but it could go up to five rounds. Uh, I'm taking Kyoji in that one. Um, Emmanuel Sanchez is going to take on Jeremy Kennedy in a featherweight feature fight there. That's going to be a fantastic fight. 
Um, in the Bantamweight division, Jared Scoggins against Josh Hill. Johnny Eblen against Colin Huckbody. And uh, the undercard is full of, of uh, a bunch of fantastic things as well. Told you about War Games. Told you about Bellator. Told you about UFC. So that, my friends, is going to do it for this week's show. Thanks for tuning in to support suits. I don't even know what show it is anymore. Thanks for tuning in to Strong Style, our MMA and Pro Wrestling Weekly show. I am here with the Impact York. If you want to follow the show, at the Impact 99 will find me on almost every social media. At Team Impact Media is where on Twitter you can find uh, all the shows, as well just the shows. On Facebook, you can find us as well. But until then, if you want to give us a rating or review on Spotify, gosh, any of the things we're we're on uh, the iTunes Store, Anchor, we're all on those things there. If you want to give us a rating review, question, comment, suggestion, we'd love to hear from you. But until then, I am Jeremy the Impact York. We will see you guys next week. Deuces, gooses. Go watch wrestling. Go watch fighting. <laughs>